They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League. They combined for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Welcome in episode 48, Train and Gross here. Today from Train Station Studio, fresh off Houston uh, win. Got your hat on, got your shirt on. Like fresh off, like the fresh game off. just ended yeah. from the projection screen on the wall. Go to us What do they always say? We, we lift the veil. It's Wednesday afternoon in Phoenix, Arizona. Lift mm-hmm. the veil on how these things happen. Yep. We walk in and, and, and you know we can tell who's here by the cars in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. So we know B-Train's here because there's trucks out there. Yep. And like but it's dark. There's, there's B-Train, what's going on? The place is dark. It's dark. Mm. We don't see him anywhere. Yeah. He's got the game projected on the wall in the office. That's right. Not not <laughs> answering when we call <laughs> It's the ninth inning. <laughs> make sure <laughs> his Astros finish it. Priorities, man. Priorities. You know I love you, but, you know, that's the ninth inning, brother. I think, no, every, sp- I think every sports fan can understand that. I mean, come on. And you got to finish the deal, though. Do you have any rules? Because I got a couple of unwritten rules when it comes to sports and those kind of situations, if you guys don't mind. Don't talk to a timeout. Don't talk to a timeout. Yep. If it's, if, you know, and if you – like let's say a good friend of yours is a fan of the opposing team, you don't – if your team wins, you're not the first one to reach out. What I mean by that is I got a buddy who's a big Chiefs fan. Okay. Diehard Chiefs fan, known him for 25 years. All right. We have an unwritten rule where in the morning, my Raiders are playing the Chiefs, text a good good luck text Mm. but then no conversation after that can happen unless the team who lost that fan has to reach out first therefore there's no you know misunderstandings as if somebody's rubbing it in your face so the loser has to reach out first first that way they open up the line of communication Uh, otherwise it's it's otherwise it's you know know you know rubbing it in somebody's face yeah i got a couple what do you got? So I'm with you on, you know, because I actually said it, uh, you know, don't talk to me during time or yep. until it's time out. 100%. Right. If you're going to somebody's house and you're going to watch a game, you better bring something. Don't bring a plate and, and utensils. <laughs> don't, don't be that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Don't just bring your appetite. Don't just bring that guy. And I think that's it. All right. What Super Bowl. Super Bowl party. I used to host them. Now, okay, mm-hmm. were you? Did you invite people that you knew were just going to be watching the commercials, or did you want it to be a group of people who you knew were going to be into you the game? You have to with the Super Bowl party. Yeah, it because you're inviting be. spouses. Yeah, it's, it's, right. it's an event. Not right? all spouses sure. are into the game. Some mm-hmm. of them are into pregame, halftime, into food. halftime food. Yeah, because you're getting judged. Yeah, <laughs> you are absolutely getting judged <laughs> on your spread. If your spread yeah. is weak sauce, mm-hmm. you're getting talked about. They might not put you on Twitter. But you're, you're getting talked about in circles. Mm-hmm. So two thoughts. Number one, if you've never watched a Notre Dame football game with Bertrand Berry. I got to experience it. You've got to experience it. Right. And I was racking my brain, too. He said, don't, don't come empty-handed. I went to his house to watch a Notre Dame game. I'm trying to – I hope I, I can't remember. He didn't come empty-handed. He brought his daughter. <laughs> oh, that's right. She came, didn't she? Meg came. I came to, then I've been in your house Meg's more than once yes, watching games. Yes, you have. I, th- I think I bought sandwiches one time. Yes, I you did. did. Yes, okay. you did. Oh, there you go. That's good. Whew. No, he wasn't empty-handed. He never came empty-handed. <laughs> like that's I'm, a rule for life, though, too. Not, no, not I, even just like for sports situations. Like you, you, you always bring something. Bring right? something. Something. 
Well, it depends what. But depends on. Okay, if you invite yourself, you damn well better bring something. Right. <laughs> okay. If you are invited, okay, say we're talking Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Is it mandatory to bring something for Thanksgiving? Yes. Yeah. You at least send the text saying, "Can I bring a side?" And if they say no, you still if bring something. If they say no, you bring you bring yeah, a you bottle bring some of wine, wine or a yeah. dessert or dessert's always just, an easy just, go to, right? Bring the wine. Some just, flowers. Just, just bring some drink, man. Some flowers for the table. Some like, apple whatever. pie. Oh yeah. Some, and you know, I'm I'm a, some things don't count while we're at it. A two-liter bottle of Coke does not count. Does not count. That does not no, that's damn half count. the work. That's half the drink. No, but that come on, man. That's the easiest <laughs> thing and the cheapest thing in the world. Let's let's just be real. Right. A two-liter bottle of Coke, even today, is only about three bucks. I don't bring my. I don't drink soda anymore, so I, mm-hmm. I don't either. But I'm just saying that's weak sauce. I'm if with you. Gonna, if you're gonna come, come strong. I'm with you. Don't 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 come with the two-liter bottle. Mm-hmm. And it's probably too soon. And you you said the apple pie. It's probably too soon for this. And I'm hearkening back to our conversation <laughs> with Ron Wolfley nearly a year ago. Yeah. About <laughs> the the pies for for Thanksgiving, but. It's fresh top of mind because we're going over to New Mexico again for, for Thanksgiving because nice. Meg's over there. Mm. Okay. And uh, there's a store by us. It's called the Pie Snob. Okay. And uh, they, they nice have the sign out that says, order your holiday pies now. So Karen's like breaking the Ron Wolfley rule, pumpkin pie. Wow. And then she texted the girls, what other kind of pie do you want? Wow. You know, so that's that kind of deep thought during the holidays. Mm. Maybe we'll, we'll dive into that. That deep thought. The deep thought, yeah. <laughs> I don't need to think deep about pumpkin pie. It's terrible. It's off the, t- it it's off the table. It's Get it out of here. Terrible. When my wife says we're getting a pumpkin pie. Yeah, you have no choice. Yeah. We're well, getting a pumpkin diff- pie, but we're getting a pumpkin pie and something else. Let me ask you this. Do you eat the pumpkin pie because you know she loves it? Do we have this conversation <laughs> When we were recording or after last week? Because we mm. talked about pumpkin pie and it was sweet after potato. We recorded. It was not on the show. Dude, I'll eat any kind of pie. You kidding me? I, I, <laughs> I ain't saying no to it. I can't think of a kind of pie that I would say no to. I got to be honest uh, with you. Lemon meringue I will say no to. Mom, my grandmother used to make this lemon meringue pie. That Never had it. Know. Oh, it's so good. No, I mean, it It, it, it makes that, that, yes. that space oh, right here. Oh, does it get you? Yeah. Well, I mean, she, yeah. she lived down here, and she had the, or- she had the orange and lemon tree in the yard, oh, and she gosh. did the fresh lemon. Oof. And it was all of that and That's then tough. some. That's yeah. tough, brother. But she, she killed it. It was good. Her meringue, <laughs> her meringue stood up. Mm. Stood up and uh-huh. saluted, man. It was so, <laughs> woo, so good. Yeah, that's the one I won't do. Now, underrated now, my pie. grandma, my grandmother bought in a lemon meringue pie. You'd say, no, Granny? May she rest in peace. So she ain't got two. You know what I do? You know what I do? This, this, would, be fake my, it. this, this would be my this would be my mode of operation. I would take the slice, thin slice, and I would thank her, give her a big old hug, I would sit down, and I would be like, oh, wait, you know what? Let me go to the bathroom, and then slide it to whoever wants it. <laughs> you slide it to me. <laughs> slide it Here, to you. Here, you go ahead and have this one. I'll get one when I get back. I'll get, I'll get one when mo- I get Come that on. That is really good. Smooth, come man. on now. Yeah. You that is really good. You got to be smooth, man. So, so we're deciding on what that, that, that additional pie is. From. What was the underrated one you were about to say, though? Pecan. Yes. I'll, my dad got me on Pecan that finally. Pie. I would not eat it when I was a kid. My dad finally got me to eat what? money. Yeah. Cold. Pecan pies. With some homemade vanilla? Mm-hmm. Ice cream? Yeah. Come on, man. Man. The, 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 the few things better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just telling you. I'm with you on that one. Pecan I, pie with some, some We disagreed last week on the sweet potatoes and, and, and such, but. That's um, what it was. Pecan pie. That was off the well, air. Well, no, I would eat. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? We were talking about yeah. sweet potatoes, and you guys talked about sweet potato fries. Yes. Yep. Delicious. And then I said no to the fries, but then I, I actually ate sweet potato pie, which. Go figure. Hey, I don't I, like co- I don't <laughs> like coconuts, but my favorite cake is German chocolate. So go figure. That's I'm, money a, too. I'm a riddle yeah. wrapped in an enigma. And yeah, yeah. One of these days we're gonna get gross to eat, 
uh, pineapple on pizza. The hell and you salmon. are. And salmon. 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 That's the important We're get one. Salmon. Because salmon is just so – I understand your disdain for pineapple on pizza. Lots of people don't like that. But just to hate salmon. Like this seems like something your, your therapist should have to – because oh, this stems it's from yeah, it's this stems from a an incident where your mom yeah, broke out salmon out of a can, mm. and I so still this hear is it coming out of the can. Yeah, mm. so we got to get you some good <laughs> <laughs> good Catholics that we are. We weren't eating meat on uh, on Friday, and yeah. she's like, oh. "Oh, what do I feed this growing boy? <laughs> salmon loaf, oh. salmon loaf, mom, brutal. The salmon loaf, <laughs> <laughs> no ketchup." <laughs> oh, God. You got to kill the. Oh. Right, sorry, well, I derailed the program. No, it's good. Right out of the shoot. No, it's good. That's, go. you know, it's so all good. We got to check in with each other yeah. on the more, <laughs> more important sure. topics yeah. sure. around the world. Speaking of important topics, though, mm. last time we didn't spend a whole lot uh, of our airtime talking about the Arizona Cardinals. No, we didn't. Kind of have to now after what they did last uh, Sunday. And I don't know, when you look at and break down that performance and look at the things that you check and say, man, that was, that was impressive. Mm hmm. Obviously, there was the on-field part of it, but uh, if you're found it in the news, the Arizona Cardinals, of course, uh, impacted by the COVID bug where uh, a couple players, three players on the defensive side of the ball couldn't go. And then, what was it, three members of the coaching staff? Two well, or three? the head coach. Well, well and I was going to say, started with the head coach yep. and the quarterback coach when Correct. you think about it. And general manager. And when you think about, though, the quarterback and, and how – and we've been, I think, justifiably critical of some of the things that Cliff Kingsbury has done in the past, not yep. this year necessarily. Yep. But the way that staff was prepared mm -hmm. and the stories that came out afterward about how you got a guy named uh, Spencer Whipple that nobody, you couldn't pick him out of a lineup if you had Still to. Still can't. And here's the guy couldn't that they the name out of a entrust to call the game to your star quarterback. Yeah. And the game plan that they called – Worked to perfection. Uh, look, look pretty damn good. Now, the Whipple name, if you're around from Arizona, it's, it, it's, it's kind of a, a well-known name. His dad was an a, a All-American quarterback back in the day at Camelback High School here. Mm. And he, his, his dad is currently the offensive coordinator for the Pitt Panthers. Wow. So it's a football family. Okay. But Spencer Whipple, in terms of Arizona Cardinal yep. fans, yep. Uh, not well-known. Yep. But that was a, that was a flawless ex flawlessly executed offensive game plan last week. It was flawlessly executed, and I love the way that, that Kyler Murray was able to have the freedom at the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. The thing about Kyler that you see him most mature in is his decision-making. And you saw that on full display this past Sunday. The fact that he was able to make checks at the line of scrimmage to get them out of bad plays, because usually Cliff Kingsbury is giving him the plays – He's running those plays, doesn't get a lot of opportunity to mm -hmm. check out of it. But Whipple basically gave him that freedom because he didn't really have the cachet to really check Kylomer. I mean, right. you know, let's just be honest. Very few coaches other than Coach Kingsbury really has the power, per se, to really check Kylomer. So the fact that he was able to get up to the line of scrimmage, assess what he saw from a defensive standpoint, and then get the team into a better offensive play, to me that shows maturity and – the fact that he's not willing to just take off so fast. Do you guys realize we're in week seven? Or yeah, we're in week seven, and Kyler Murray has less than a hundred yards rushing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, less than a hundred yards rushing total. Yeah. It's something he wanted to put an emphasis on. He brought it up on his own. It wasn't even like a question at a press conference. You've been through press conferences. You know how that goes. Um, yes. And he he brought it up on his own. My legs need to be a luxury, not the game plan. It's what he said in the preseason. He said that last year though, when he got hurt. Yes. And, it came, and then he really, he really talked about yes. it this year, and yes. came, right before camp started. Right. And, uh, and, and there, to his credit and to Kingsbury's credit, 
I think they they've found that nice balance. It's much more Russell Wilson yes. than, you know, trying to be somebody that's living off the legs. And I think the thing about that is it's going to really set up the second half of their season so beautifully because you're not going to have a lot of film of him this year running with the football. So when they do introduce that element of the game and point. you see him actually running with the football, you're not going to be ready for it because that's not what you've practiced all week for. Because usually you watch the last four games. You watch a quarter of the season to get the tendencies of what a team is you, going to be, you know where they're, and you don't have that. They're really – I think utilizing it perfectly right now is in the red zone. Yeah. Short yep. yardage situations. Yep. Like yep. He, had one, he had another one this week that didn't count. I think there was a holding or something. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the, other one, the other one against the Rams where he just right up the middle. You yep. know what I mean? They spread the field yep. Yep. right up the yep. middle. So I think they're really kind of picking their spots yep. really well with it right now. When I heard somebody ask the question, what's more of a threat, Kyler Murray running or the threat of Kyler Murray running? Like, if you're threat. the defense, yeah. it's that threat. you got to watch him all the time. And, yeah. you know, I, I think everybody agrees uh, it should be a luxury. And we saw what happened last year when we went to the well too often on that. Mm. You know, there, there was no Kyrie left at the end of the season. The thing that impressed me the most is not that the game plan was so effortless as it looked. It was who it was against. Now, granted, Cleveland hasn't played the best defense. This is a team that has given up 80 points in the last two weeks. So you got to keep it in context. But still got some players. They are the Cleveland Browns, and they do have players on that roster on the defensive side. And on the offensive side, they were really able to beat up and bully the Cleveland Browns. I I, I don't think I've seen a game where the Browns were bullied quite that way. It it was like the Cardinals basically lined up and said – we're better than you, and we're going to show you just by going over your face. Mm-hmm. If I could borrow a, a quote from my good friend Ron Wolfley, we're just going to hit you in the face, and we're going to steamroll you. And that's exactly what they did. And I think it sent a message to the entire NFL. Like, now you've got to pay attention to us. Yeah, you, you, could, you could explain away the first five wins and, and say that, oh, okay, well, this team had this issue – the, you, you got the Jacksonville Jaguars, you got the Minnesota Vikings, you, you got, uh, you know, Trey Lance as his first start. You know, there were all types of yeah. excuses. But when you go against uh, this team with the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, they were basically healthy. Other than a receiver and, and a few offensive linemen, this team was basically healthy. And to go out there and dominate a team that had Super Bowl aspirations – I think that really said a lot about the Cardinals and where they are at this point. Well, in the season. And to your point, they physically beat that team. Like the scoreboard, yeah, but they physically beat that team. You look at the final score, but you look at what's happening tomorrow night when they play. Baker can't go. Mm. Uh, they have no Chubb. No, ch- he can't go. They have no Beckham hunt. is uh, questionable yep. with his shoulder. So they have no Hunt, no Chubb, no no Baker. Potentially no, no Odell DJ. Beckham. And I'm not sure. No about Jarvis the, Landry. I'm not sure about the tackles either. They're, I mean, that's just the a, tackles are out. Right. But, are they but, still out too? Yeah, I'm just talking about guys that were on the field Sunday against the Cardinals that aren't yeah. able to go. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they add to their misery. Yes. In their stadium. Yes. In the dog pound. Yes. You know, that's the other thing I think that you look at this team. They've gone on the road because they're six and zero, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Four games on the road. Yep. And they've gone to the Rams, they've yep. gone to the Titans, yep. they've gone to the Browns. Throw and the, the Jaguars. Throw the Jaguars out for this part, part, part of the conversation. And they've, they've exerted their will on these teams. And Mike, we talked about this before we got started on air. What if I would have told you the Thursday night game between the Cardinals coming up and the Green Bay Packers are going to feature two teams that at the beginning of the season there were a lot of question marks. A lot of questions. But now, here we are week eight, which is going to be that, that Thursday, 
and you're going to have two teams basically with one loss between them. There's no way you could have predicted that. If you're the NFL, you are the luckiest SOBs on the planet right now because you got a great game gift-wrapped and just fell in your lap just by circumstance, but you know they're going to take it, and this is only going to further the cause for Thursday Night Football. Oh, of course it is. And if you're in the NFL production, NFL Network production or Fox, whoever does those Thursday Night games, what are you doing? You're putting together highlight packages from the playoff games that these two teams have played in this stadium. That oh, was gosh. kind of the selling point of that because there's been some miraculous games. Now all of a sudden you've got to kind of, kind of erase some of that and talk about what's happening because you're exactly right. All the drama with the Packers this year or leading up to this year yeah. and, and basically, you know, uh, you know, walking out and giving the world the middle finger is basically. And I own you. Like, I, I love this version of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know about most people, but I love this version of him because I think this is the type of Aaron Rodgers that can get that team over the hump that they've been on right. the last two seasons. No, I, I completely agree. And then, you know, obviously the Cardinals, to your point, they've got the Houston Texans in between them and the Green Bay Packers. But, mm. uh, okay. Yeah. So, they're undefeated, and anytime you're this late in the season and you're talking about any undefeated team, or it's a two compelling teams with story. one loss well, between no, them. No, absolutely, but I'm, I'm saying on the other side. You yeah, got yeah, the, yeah. You've got everything the Packers have done with right. the swagger that they're doing it right. with, and right. then you flip it over and you've got the Cardinals undefeated, which, again, to your point, I don't you – know, nobody in their right mind predicted that coming out of the shoot. It, it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, it's good theater, as they like to say. And it's, it's going to be great ratings. You can't tell me there won't be very many people not tuned in. I don't care – even if you're not a regular Thursday night football, uh, you know, watcher, you're going to watch this one watch because this one. Yeah. of the, what's at stake. Um, one of the things we always lean on you for mm -hmm. is your, hey, you played the game. <laughs> you went through this. <laughs> you don't say. You, you can look at things from a perspective that Sean and I can. Okay. And after we uh, recorded last Wednesday, mm -hmm. uh, the Cardinals made a trade. Yep. Uh, that was actually Friday morning. Yep, yep. They brought Zach Ertz over from the Eagles. Yep. Understand what that means once Max Williams went out. You needed yep. to find a replacement. And, again, Steve Kahn doing his thing, which he has a propensity to do from time to time. But I heard a comment about what that means to the locker room. Mm. What does it mean when the team that you're playing for says, we're going for it? This is the message we send to the locker is that a Is that a factual statement? Like, if you're a player on the – if you're one of the guys in that locker room – and you wake up on Friday morning and you get the news that Zach Ertz is coming over and going to be part of your team. Is that, is that real, that, that impact that it has on the locker room? It is real, and I think for that team, you saw the outcry or the, the, the outpouring of love that they had for Max Williams. Mm -hmm. When he was hurt and he was being carted off, you saw every single member of the Arizona Cardinals go to that, that cart and pat him on the head or pat him on the leg or whatever. But when you see them – bring in a guy like Zach Ertz, a guy that's been a multiple-time Pro Bowler, a guy that has had success, that has a Super Bowl ring, this is what you expect from your front office. This is what you're talking about. I know a lot of the veterans are like, that's what I'm talking about, damn it. I need somebody that's going to come in and help us get to where we want to go and not lower the expectations. We're going to raise the expectations. Right. And the fact that they're, they're doing it on the field, I think it spurred on the fact that Steve Kine felt even more emboldened to go do this because if the Cardinals are three and three, maybe they don't go get Zach Ertz because maybe you're not having the same aspirations if, as you have at six and zero, sure. or five and zero when when the when the trade went down. So th the fact that the team actually played the way that they're playing, I think that in turn it it, it gave a, a little bit of a of a jolt, a little bit of a push 
for Steve Kime to go out and, and make sure that he keeps that mindset of championship uh, going because uh, you, you don't want to just bring in a serviceable tight end, a guy that's just going to be a guy. You bring in an actual name that has ties to Arizona already, who, who trains here and, and has a house here. So it made all the sense in the world, and kudos to Steve Kime for it. Well, and, and you know, the conversation is, uh, you know, he couldn't – he played Thursday night in Philly. Couldn't play Sunday. Caught a touchdown. Yep. Good for him on the way out. Yeah. Very emotional on the way out of Philly. He loved Philly. I mean, loved that, that Philly, was, that and they loved him. Yep. yep. Uh, and then he turns up in Cleveland. He's on the sidelines. Yep. Uh, watching that game, and then I understand he sat on the plane next to Kyler Murray for the three, four-hour flight, whatever it is, back from Cleveland to Arizona, talking offense, talking football with his quarterback. Okay, but let's just let's just get this out of the way. It, it, it wasn't a regular, you know, 747. You know what I'm saying? Sitting next to Kyler Murray <laughs> on the 747, a <laughs> lot different than the, than the charter planes they're on. I'll just throw that out there. And I understand that. I, I, think, I think the more the throwing himself at the work immediately following the game, understand that uh, – you know, He's in a recliner. Kyler's in a recliner. Yeah, it's not like they were sitting waiting for the uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the four watching TV. The four fifteen on more, Southwest. More juice, please. Yeah, yeah. more juice, Hey, please. Kyler, which movie are you watching on the flat screen in front of you? Oh, okay. Uh, could I could I could I could I get the M and M's, please? Can <laughs> I get some M and M's and the ice cream? Understood. Yes. Thank you so Understood. Much. They weren't waiting yeah. for the Southwest that was going to stop in uh, in St. Louis <laughs> on the way they, back. They weren't getting the pretzels. Yeah, <laughs> just saying, yeah. I'll the take the They didn't meet up at baggage claim on the way out, but. And the other thing, too, when we talked about this, if you're a defensive coordinator, oh. I looked at it just to make sure the numbers were still there. Hopkins, six uh, – I'm sorry, 26 receptions, 360 yards, six touchdowns. Mm. Christian Kirk, who I was bad-mouthing at the start of the year, mm. 26 receptions, 350 yards, three touchdowns. Mm. Oh, A.J. Green, who's too old to play, mm. 21 receptions, 340 yards, three touchdowns. Mm. And go a lot of production. Drop drop Zach Ertz into the mix. Yeah, yeah. and they consistently have six and seven guys catching balls weekly. As a defender, and you're seeing that, and you're watching it on film. I mean, what are you looking at? You know, how are you attacking this team? Chase Edmonds has 175 receiving yards. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you're saying is expletive. We got to cover the whole field. Yeah, we've got to defend every inch of grass on this field because they can hit you in so many different ways. And with so many different personnel groupings, it, it's going to be tough to get a bead on them. I, I, I love the fact that you really don't know what the Cardinals are going to be. Even the fans are like, okay, is this going to be the week that Kyler starts to run the ball? Is this going to be the week that you see DeAndre Hopkins go off? Is this going to be the week that you see A.J. Green go off? Mm -hmm. Is this going to be the week that you have a, you know, Christian Kirk sighting? Is Chase Rondell Edmonds? Moore. Rondell Moore. I mean, is he going to return a punt eventually for a touchdown on yeah. special teams? I mean, Answer there's yes. all types of weapons that this team has at their disposal. And, and if you are Kyler Murray, you're just sitting back like, hell yeah, this is what I'm talking about. If I could just stay healthy and not run, then I think I'm going to be getting some more hardware at this level that I got at the lower levels uh, during my time in college and high school. Is it fair to ask that none of the things you just mentioned and we just talked about, all those, all those people, all those weapons are even on this roster if one trade doesn't happen? And what I'm getting at is the DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins move. Absolutely. Because if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't come here, do guys like A.J. Green show up? J.J. Watt. And J.J. Watt. Uh, you also, at that point, don't know who you're going to – you know, you, you don't have a true playmaker on the edges, so you're probably playing Christian Kirk outside the numbers more, you know, really outside of his skill set. Oh, still got Andy Isabella. You got Andy Isabella. You're who? counting on him. Where? You're, yeah. Maybe they're still begging Larry to be here. You know mm. what I mean? Like, if that one trade doesn't happen – thank you, Houston. Ironically, they're here this week. Thank you twice. We yeah, get to thank them in person. And then J.J. Watt again. Yeah. You know, so – 
if that one trade doesn't happen, I don't mm. know if almost any of this falls into place the way it did. The one trade. Can't look a gift horse in the mouth. Right. I mean, you know, like they should just give him executive of the year again for that. You're probably that still stuck with the David Johnson terrible contract. He's not producing. You know what Chase I mean? Edmonds is disgruntled. He may have gone somewhere else. Right, right. Well, so, yeah. I mean, the one trade, yeah. man, changed everything about this yeah. team. Yeah. yeah. And, and real quickly, speaking of and it's not at that magnitude, but I wanted to ask about the impact that James Conner's having. And you talk about somebody who – He may not come if you don't Yeah, have, he probably doesn't. He may not because, you know, he, he – he, and he's, you know, he's on a, a, a good deal. Mm. You know, you look at how much I – mean, he's – I think he's out there to show other teams like, hey, you missed on this one. Because he, he's impactful. I mean, he, he's running like we haven't seen a Cardinals running back perform that I can recall in, in, in the recent past. Mike, think about the running backs that the Cardinals have had in the recent past. Yeah. Adrian Peterson, Chris Johnson – you know what I mean? You've had Kenyon Drake, who's you know doing things like he's a yeah, you know he a, above average running back. I, I, I look at the, the the group that they've had and guys that they've had to run the ball. They've actually tried to establish the running game. It's yeah. not as if they're just trying to you know piece it together and survive and and, yeah. and let the quarterback just beat you with their arm. No, there have been legit quarter. There have been legit running backs that have put on the uniform of the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, I, some have had some great success yeah. and some have had mild success, but it's not for a lack of trying because it's a who's who that have donned the, 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 the Redbird on their helmet uh, here with Arizona. Well, and I think it's t- the timing piece, right? Like, yeah. you, you know, the, what they're doing offensively, James Conner arrived at the right time, yeah. you know, for that. I mean, but again, Cardinals averaging more than 100 yards rushing per game, which. And it's not from your quarterback. Not from the quarterback. He's not. He's not a good in the piece top of two. It. Yeah, uh, Chase Edmonds three hundred. It's exciting. It's exciting. I think if you you get to that Thursday night game, and if things go well that Thursday night game, then you really have to start looking at the Cardinals in a different light if they are able to get away with a win against that Green Bay team. Real quickly before we step away, we follow us on Twitter at Train and Gross. We yep. put a, put a poll question out there. Yeah, what will happen first in the National Football League? And as we record this on Wednesday afternoon. Uh huh. Will the Detroit Lions win a football game or will the Arizona Cardinals lose a game? I think the Detroit Lions win because I don't see the Cardinals losing their next two. I got them favored. I don't see the Lions winning their next one, so I'd have to look it up. <laughs> I, I put the, the, the question out there not knowing right. what was next on the schedule, but I, I would tend to agree with you. Who do they got next? I'm going to look that up while okay. we're talking. But, uh, you know, you, as you said, they, the, the Cardinals with Houston That's a and then Green Bay. Yeah. And Detroit is at Los Angeles this weekend to play the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. L- little side note while you looked that up, you did hear the rumor that, that the Dolphins and the Texans are close to a deal for Deshaun Watson. So, I, I, thinking about this season and what it's been already, there's already been a lot of, of things, a lot of moving parts going on here in the first – uh, I'd say quarter and a half of the season. Six games is about a quarter and a half. Yep. If the Miami Dolphins could get Deshaun Watson, that changes everything for them because they quietly have been the biggest disappointment. I think they're one, the Cleveland Browns are 1A because you actually started talking about Super Bowl when you talk about the Cleveland Browns. So you have to bring them up as far as disappointment yep. because they're 500 
and they've got a string of injuries, and it doesn't look like they're going to get healthy anytime soon. When most people were turning on their TVs Sunday to watch the pregame shows was when that game in London was ending. They lost to Jacksonville, man. Lost That's to bad. Jacksonville. That look on that Dolphins coaching staff as they walked Brian off Flores? Field. Brian Flores. He, he, he would have hit somebody if they were in front of him. He was mad. He was, he he was, was that so mad. mad. Yes. Uh, and yeah. I checked it. The Lions at the Rams this weekend. Oh, that's a lot. Oh, yeah, that's the that's the big one. And then the quarterback home, swap. The following weekend on on Halloween Sunday, they're home against the Eagles. Uh, depends on what the Eagles do here the next and week. And then back to back road trips at Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Mm. <laughs> I'm from Detroit. I I mm. love my Lion fans. Yeah, it's rough. It's it's rough for all. I could look Detroit at this. Sports. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Topic for another. <laughs> I could look at this schedule, and you could make an argument for another. No, sixteen. Oh, and seventeen. Oh, excuse me. Oh, and <laughs> You're right. It wouldn't be another. You set a new record. <laughs> oh no. You could no, make an argument. Mike. They're no, not. They're going to win no, a game. They're going to win a game. Man. They they're going to win a game, but you could make the argument. They've almost won a couple games already. And you know what? I I, I feel bad for Dan Campbell because he is a legit tough guy, good guy in the NFL. I went against him myself, so I know that, that he's mm-hmm. one of those guys that's, that's, that's tough as nails, and he'll fight you. For him to do what he did at his quarterback, that took a lot of gumption. That took a lot of job security to say what he said mm-hmm. about his quarterback. Yeah. I don't know if you guys heard the, yeah. the, the, he the press He needs to do conference. more. Mm-hmm. I mean, somewhere Sean McVay is like – I've been trying to told you, man. I've been trying to <laughs> told you about this guy, man. Jack, but I told you he wasn't the one. Y'all thought I was crazy for trying to get rid of him. But, man, look, this is why. See what I mean? You know what I mean? And the question for the Detroit media is, well, you're going you're gonna to bench Jared Goff for Tim Boyle? Well, no, I don't think that's where for he was David necessarily Blau- no, going. He but wasn't. you know what? No, I he would. Was, he was getting I would the questions from the Detroit time. media. I would for the other 52 guys on that team. Because right. don't just tell me he's he's uh, irreplaceable when everybody else on that on that roster is fighting for their job and they're worried. You know they kind of creeping into the locker room on Mondays like do I still have a job? Is, am I still here? Well, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying that you know the options ain't great. The, hey, I know it ain't great, but hey, he's got to be held to the same standard that everybody else. Of course he should be. But again, at the Rams, at Philly, at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland. Home against Chicago, home against the Vikings. I mean, you let, could let make him sit and think about it. Let him sit and think about it let, for a week. Let's do it. I mean, what else you gonna do? I mean, you're over right now. You ain't going to the playoffs. You're trying to get fan bases, the, the fan base to stay with you. You're trying to get the players to not let go of the rope because they've got one hand on and they're they're calculating right now. They're like, uh, <laughs> should I already call the movers and 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 <laughs> and set <laughs> set the moving for for January third? You know what I mean? Like, should I, should I already be set it to, to go back to my hometown? Because right now it's not looking like postseason is, is much of a chance. Move the, move the family out <laughs> during the bye week and just live out of a, yeah. an apartment or a hotel. Yeah. December 19th, Cardinals and the uh, Lions. Oh. Where at? Here or there? In Detroit. Oh. I feel like for not being a, a divisional opponent, they play each other they play every a lot, year, don't they? I feel like. Well, well this year is an is a NFC North, NFC West game. Right. This but is for rotation. years, you know, the <laughs> – they would all eat. They would eat all yeah, three last, the third, last play. We had the same record. Yeah, yeah third and so. fourth. You yeah, yeah. we had the same finish in a division. Yeah. And a lot of times it was the last place, last place match. Yeah. So, all right, go to our Twitter uh, page at Train and Gross and vote on that. Uh, we'll retweet it out for you uh, later on the season. For evening. sure. All right, on the other side, we got to talk about the NBA. The season's underway. The Phoenix mm. Suns tonight, mm. as we record this, mm. about forty-five minutes away from the Denver Nuggets in town. Mm. A little deja vu all over MVP. again. 
as uh, Train and Gross continues. Train and Gross. Welcome back in Train and Gross NBA season underway. When does Clay Thompson come back? Uh, they say State he comes roll, back in January. Rolls into to L.A. Yeah, they say they say either uh, December or January he comes back. Different yeah. team with him on it. Uh, Completely different team. They already look pretty good, though. They, they sure look pretty do. good. They sure do. And you get him back. Mm, look out. Uh, not, I mean, he comes back in January. He's probably not 100%, but contributing. Yeah. What? There's a lot of stories what, in basketball right now. What are our thoughts stuff. about how the Lakers and the old folks home is going to shape up and come together? I it's going to take it, them a while. Is it going to? It's going to take them I a knew while. they would struggle early because I agree with you there. But but, but they didn't really struggle. I, I just think that they've got to figure out who is going to get their spots and win. Mm-hmm. Who's going to get their moments to take the shots and, and when is that time? For LeBron, is it the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter? You know he's going to get his in the fourth. Yeah. For Russell Westbrook, can Russell Westbrook play off the ball? I think he's a liability. Guy can't shoot. LeBron needs shooters on the floor with him to space it out. You got two guys that do basically the same job. Yeah. They got nobody who can shoot the ball on that team. Anthony Davis, I mean, he's already trying to floor, space the floor for LeBron. Now he's got to space it for Russell Westbrook too. Right. Carmelo's coming in. He ain't coming to pass the ball. He's not a facilitator. You know what I mean? So they, they've got a lot of issues. They've got a lot of names, but I don't know if they've got a great team right they're, now. They've got a lot of names. I don't know if they have great chemistry, right? Yeah. They've got to figure it out. And, you know, clearly you saw what the game plan is, AD and LeBron leading the way, and, and can these other guys fall in? I think it's more likely that Carmelo falls in line than, than Westbrook. Well, he's already had to do that in Portland. Exactly. He's, he's, he's filled he's that role. Yeah. And he, I think he's put him under the category of happy to be there. Uh, but, but Westbrook, yeah, 4 of 13 from the floor last night. And he's at home. Right. You know he wanted to make a big splash. Yeah. It, it, it. But at some point, you've got to figure it out. Is but he the most star-crossed athlete in basketball? This guy's an MVP. This guy's averaged a triple-double four times. Yep. But yet he's played for four different teams. Is he the most star-crossed athlete yeah, that I mean, you I, can think about? I would say yes, for sure. But I, I, I understand why he's on his fourth team. You know, I mean – Yes, those stats look great. You're averaging a triple-double, but it doesn't lead to wins basically everywhere he goes. But he's, ba- but he's played in the playoffs everywhere he's gone. He's Play been on playoffs. four teams, but he's played in the playoffs. But can you put and he was, he was one of the main reasons why they got to the playoffs. No, I'll, I'll agree with that. But, you know, in the NBA, half the damn league gets in the playoffs, so you've got to start winning series to be taken serious. You know what I mean? So does he – could you see a team in a situation where he leads a team? Like Chris Paul no. led the Suns to the NBA Finals last no. year. I, I can't either. You know, and that's why well, he's – if he ever – because he's so damn explosive and he's so athletic and he's got such a, you know overall talent. If he ever just embraced being a role guy – and this is the team where maybe it's the time to do it. And that's the question. He can be a really nice piece is, to somebody's. Is that in his chemistry? I don't can know. He do it? Why would he do that at this stage? He just averaged a triple double last year. He just did it to try to be part of a team that's gonna with the, with the ability to win a championship. So you're you're telling me you're you're basically the Allen Iverson treatment. You're gonna tell Russell Westbrook, who just came off of a triple double season, and played in the playoffs too, by the way, with the Washington Wizards. To come off the bench. No, 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 no. Not, not, not come off the bench, but to be a guy that understands how you fit into an, into, into an equation. But see, everybody's saying come off the bench like it's a negative thing. Just imagine Russell Westbrook 
coming off the bench and being that, that point guard for the second unit. And you're going up against lesser guys. Dude, they would mop the floor with half the league. Because now you've got LeBron doing what he does, Anthony Davis doing what he does. Carmelo, as we've already talked about, is going to be the guy that can space the floor. He's going to shoot. Everybody has their roles as the backup. Yeah, that, and I think it circles back around to what you asked a second ago. Is that in his DNA to even accept that? Well, I don't think he should. Well, and it, 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 it's almost what you described. It's almost like the youth basketball where you have the teams and everybody plays. Like you, you get a timeout, first five off, next five on. And, and to your point, the second five – Look, I mean, what did he think when he was going there, right? I mean, you know, who, when you look at the Lakers, even the way it's constituted now, whose team is it? Everybody knows this LeBron team. Obvious, it's always going to be. Until but exactly. They want it to be Anthony Davis' team. Like, yeah, the, 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 the real plan is for Anthony Davis to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But he keeps getting hurt, and LeBron's yeah. like, oh, well, got to do it again. Got to put my cape on and save the day again. Well, the thing is, too, when you look <laughs> at the West, like, you know, you, you don't have a long runway. If you, if, you, if you bury yourself in the Western Conference standings, while you figure it out, whatever it is, yeah. what's your role? What's your role? What, what is everybody doing here? Yeah. If you waste a lot of time doing that, you're going to be on the, on the bottom looking up in the West. Yeah, you're going to be Because if people seat. stay healthy yep. in the West, yep. it's loaded. It's yeah. crazy loaded. Yeah. And think about what you ask Russell Westbrook to do. You ask him to give you double-digit points. You're asking him to rebound. And you're asking him to assist. So just imagine on this team, if he has stat lines like he's got seven points, ten assists, thirteen rebounds. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's the perfect stat line on oh, this team. Okay, yeah. but you just played. Uh, you, you just played. Name your point guard. You just you just played Chris Paul, who just gave you thirty-five. You just played Damian Lillard, who gave you forty. You just played Luka Doncic, who gave you 30 and a triple-double of his own. You just played Jamal Murray. You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. You, you got guy after guy after guy in the Western Conference, and a guy that has that stature of a Russell Westbrook, is he going to be okay with being an 8.10 assist, 13 rebound guy? I don't know. I don't think so. And, I, and unfortunately, I think that's what he needs to be on this roster. Like, I, I don't think he needs to light it up. But he can't. He, he's not a great. He's not Here's a great scorer the, anyway. The number he's got to cut down, Turnovers. because yes, because every year he's got that triple double yeah. type. You know, quadruple uh, double because yeah, he's got because he's got almost the double damn, figure he's got turnovers. The damn turnovers too, yeah. and that's that's really what kills him. Yeah. And then not being able to shoot the ball consistently enough from the outside. Yeah, no jumper. Whatsoever. No, we'll, we'll that's keep an eye on it. But like I said, the, the 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 runway for the Lakers to figure it out, mm. I think, is short. Like you, very you, short. You know, Christmas. Everybody time. is short for the West. No, Panthers. absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, you can't fall behind, right? Christmas time, we're going to know like how this thing's going to shake out. And before we get to our main topic, which is the Suns. Can we just give some love to the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo? Mm-hmm. It's only game one, but my goodness. Yeah. That man looks like he's <laughs> at it again. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, first of all, let's just take a moment of silence for those rings that they oh got. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the ring. I mean, oh. there's a lot going on with the ring. It's so much. You can actually scan the ring, and it plays a highlight of the season yeah. last year. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Right. And it's got like a g- certain amount of gems for this and a certain amount of gems for that. And it's like it's got like size 40 of a, emeralds. It's like the size the, of a baseball. Deer. Somebody put a poll it's question wild. out there. Like if you if you were on the Milwaukee Bucks, would you wear it on your finger or on a chain around your neck? Because it's – Yeah, it's, it can be a pendant. It's, it's artwork. Like yeah. It, yeah. It, you it, can it, actually take the top off. Yeah. 
It's crazy. That's awesome. Shout out to the ring. But I'm but Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo is all about getting back to the finals, and he's not messing around. It looks like he's worked on his jumper a little bit. My goodness. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was he was working on that last year too, and he was he could hit it. He could hit the outside jumper, but it wasn't consistent. If it gets consistent. Good night. But I'm talking – okay, so talk about jumpers and you talk about free throws. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is we saw he, – he's got over that mental hump now. He's done it in the big stage. He's, he's made those free throws when it mattered most. Yeah. And a guy like Giannis, that's all he needs is that confidence that he can do it on the big stage. And now you go to another level, which that's pretty damn scary well, for the rest and, of the league. And the other thing that you said right there, which I think is 100% right about him, is mental. Like, <sighs> you know, what was the thing here – you know, people counting the free throws and that sort of, like, he, he used that to his advantage. What about the knee? Use that to his advantage. 18 to 20? Right? Yeah. Get out of here. Meanwhile, the Nuggets are in town tonight to start the season. Jamal Murray's still out for the Nuggets as he rehabs from that torn ACL. But, uh, you know, the Phoenix Suns, they got their, all their pieces in, in place to, to make another run. But the big question, we talked about it last time, and I think we've got a little bit more color around this story is that the Suns decided not to extend DeAndre Ayton's contract before the start of the season. And that, what, however it plays out, mm. it's, going to, it's going to be the story that hangs over this team for the foreseeable future. I don't, know if it, <clears throat> I don't know if it hangs over the team, but I think it hangs over DeAndre Ayton. I think if there's ever a prove-it moment for a player in the NBA or really all the sports, they've just given him the, okay, you did some things – but we need you to be worthy of the number one overall pick because it wasn't until – remember, he got some DMPs at the end of the season back last year. Back to back. Yeah. When so they it, were in San it, Antonio. It, it wasn't like he was just lights out all season long. So to just give a sample size of two, two and a half months of playing lights out basketball, that's not enough to max somebody out guaranteed money. Well, and that's where I said we've got more color around the situation. So, you know, was, was it one of those things where the Suns just didn't want to commit the money to him? But when you hear James Jones uh, talking to the local media now, it was they didn't want to in invest that fifth year in him because they wanted to have the flexibility to go out and – what, what was his word? Construct the roster. They wanted to have flexibility to construct the roster the way they wanted to. And you can only have two five-year max deals on your, on your roster at any one time. Mike, Obviously, yeah. they've got one. They didn't feel like they wanted to be committed to, to DeAndre him. for the long term because there might be something better out there. But think about this, though. They just redid a deal for a guy that didn't play for them oh, last I know. year. Yeah. And you gave $90 million to Mikael Bridges. So a guy drafted after you makes more than you do right now, basically. Makes more than you. And a guy that hadn't even played with you yeah. is making more than you from the same team yeah. that you're actually trying to get the yeah. money from. If that's not a clear, we don't trust you right now, yeah. nothing's going – if that doesn't motivate him to just go out there – and completely ripped the league up, yep. nothing. We just won. drafted you in the first round a couple of years ago, but we think there's probably no, something. No, not first round, number one. Number one. Uh, a few, there, there's somebody out there that we think might be better than you as we look to the long-term building of this roster. On your team. They, they just no. played the guy on the team that they drafted after him. Right, People. but that fifth year is, to me, that, that is a strong message. Yeah. You know, the money is the money, right? I don't think it's the I, – I think they're just trying to motivate him. I don't think they'd have a problem. And they better. I, listen, if there's any – people worried about his psyche, right? Like, is he going to pout? Is he going to be this and that? What's the going rate for a former first overall pick that sulked all season long and played like garbage? Oh. Not great, Right. And the only route he has now that the deadline is, has expired for ex, uh, extending rookie contracts, 
his only option now is to create a market that is as high as he can get. Yeah. And, and but you do that by playing well this year because he's headed towards restricted free agency, which means the Suns get the first right to match any offer sheet that comes in. But the Suns are now saying, okay, we don't want to lock ourselves in five years with you. We want to pay market value next year once we see where you're at. So his only option now, for Suns fans who are worried about him sulking and not being there, the only way he gets what he wants is by balling out this year. You're going to get a motivated DeAndre Ayton because it's the only option he has. And I think for the first time in a long time, I think Suns fans can look at this and say, this isn't Sarver messing with him. No. Yeah. Because in years past, this would have been, oh, God, what is Sarver doing yeah. now? Yeah. I don't think this is Robert Sarver meddling at all. Nope. I think this is responsible spending by the general manager and the team to make sure that they don't overreach for a guy that yeah. may not be a guy that they can count on in two or three years. And I think, and I think it, I, I, if, if you're a Suns fan, I think you're 100% right, and that makes me – this is a basketball decision. Yes. This is James Jones getting out in front of it. Yes. Saying this is a basketball decision. I – he didn't say we. He said I did not want to commit to that fifth year because it takes away my flexibility to build this roster the way I want to. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't a money thing. It no. was you know, people saying Sarver being cheap, which – No, it's look, the DeAndre Aiden thing. This is this show is up and they, show out, bro. This yeah. is how the Suns feel about DeAndre Ayton long term. Show and, up and show out. Yep. And what people should the reason why people should trust that that is you know because the Suns are all saying the right things right yep. now you know. Yep. But the reason you should really trust that is because of the guy you just mentioned, James Jones is the one that's that you know that's out in front of this. A guy that was what within the last ten years playing in the league, he gets it from the players' perspective beyond any other GM probably in the league right now because he's very recently removed. This isn't. You know, Lon Babby. This isn't. You know, this isn't Ryan McDonough. Yeah. You know, this is a former. Yeah. This is a player. Yeah. This is a yeah. dude from the league yeah. making these decisions. So it's not a cheap thing. It is. It's. It's anything but, in my opinion. And, and when I brought it up around, you know, this is going to be a story that that hangs over. I mean, obviously the games will matter, and mm -hmm. it starts tonight. Yep. But the other thing is just what we've been talking about. If if he goes off mm -hmm. and plays the way he did in the postseason. Yep. Then they're going to, it's going to be that motivated story. Look at them, and they lit a fire under him, and, and blah 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 blah. Either way, they win. And yep. if front if, office wins, and if he doesn't, it's the powder. It's the guy that sat the last two games against San they Antonio. They still look smart. And Good then thing you smart. didn't give him that money. Exactly. So, you know, I, I look. It's I all like, on DA. I, I once show I heard once I heard uh, the general manager talk. I was I was okay with it. Show up and show out. Yeah. That's all you got to do. It's, yeah. it's real simple. Show up and show out. Because you're playing for your contract here. You're playing for a spot somewhere else, one or the other. Wow. I you're, like you're playing to create the market this offseason when you're yeah. a restricted free agent. You're Right now, that's all. You're, if you're DA, you're playing to create your market. And you only do that by being motivated with a chip on your shoulder. And that's what the Suns, I think, are going to get. So let me ask you guys something. Uh, getting away from the Suns, kind of a hard pivot. Mm-hmm. I look at the Kyrie Irving situation, and I know a lot of people have their opinions about Kyrie and, and what he's been over his career, not just this year. I think Kyrie is being a bit selfish, and I don't think that it's necessarily trying to be a spokesman for the people. This is a guy that I think is really, 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 and I, I, I always make sure that I am very careful when I talk about other athletes because – one thing athletes hate is to be talked about in a negative fashion by other athletes. Uh, that, that, that is 100% true, and I am a, a living testimony of that. But the evidence is so overwhelming. There is no reason, if you're not against vaccination, 
and you know the only way you can get your money and be on the team is to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. There are lots of people within the sports world that had their reservations about getting vaccinated. Mm -hmm. There are lots of people that said before they got that shot, man, I really ain't cool with this, but I got to get this money. Or, you know, my situation mandates that I go ahead and take care of this business. They may not feel one way about the, the the vaccination, but they feel a certain way about their family and their families being taken care of. When you start talking about the kind of money that Kyrie Irving is walking away from and the predicament that he's putting the Brooklyn Nets in, it's hard not to go with the selfish route. I, I, I just feel like this is something that, that he thought about for a while, and, and he's a guy that's not really a 82-game season player. He, he's never been one of those guys that wants to play a full season, and I just feel like this is a, a, a roundabout way for him to get some time off that I don't understand why he thinks he needs it. Well, and I asked you that last week when we talked about it. What's the feeling in that locker room? And, and you know, you were They're pretty, done. But yeah, you were pretty adamant about that. They're done. And the frustration that Kevin Durant showed done. after that Milwaukee game. So what do you say? It's something like we were climbing uphill all game or something like that. Um, you know, when you, when you are you, – teams are constituted and constructed the way they are, and to, to miss your guy, it's hard. And, and you know uh, – we saw that in the postseason last year with the Nets if they didn't have their big three. It shifts the balance of power, Mike. Absolutely it does. Because you, you go with Kyrie on that roster, they are the prohibitive favorites. Even with Giannis doing what he's doing, I don't think they have enough. Remember last year before Kyrie Irving got hurt, in a playoff game, they were up 49 points on the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Or, I mean, on the Milwaukee, yep. Bo- Milwaukee Bucks. 49 points. You're telling me two teams in the playoffs and the conference final, one team is 49 points better than you at any point in that series? That's how significant this decision is of Kyrie's to not be out there. It dramatically shifts the balance because if he's not there, you automatically put Milwaukee ahead of them. You put the 76ers right there with them, and you lose. You risk the fact that that you could lose James Harden after next year because he hasn't signed his contract. Absolutely hasn't. And you talk about the Sixers when you're talking about selfish and you're talking about trying to figure stuff out. Kyrie Irving doesn't want to be there, so he's not there We could talk using that. that. You said it last week, Mike. You go down the 95. I think that's the highway, isn't it? Trades all-star for all-star. Superstar for superstar. Ben Simmons doesn't want to be there. Comes back, looks disinterested. Somebody was filming the practice. Told the coach. Yeah. Yeah. F you. Yeah. I so, mean, did, said, no, I'm not going in. Yeah. Like, he, he has every intention of sabotaging this. I, I think he could be a little more professional, but I think if you're the Philadelphia 76ers. He's got to go. Why, why, ha, why have you held on to this guy this long? You knew this was going to be a cancer. You knew he was not going to be happy about being there. He actually said, I'd rather be anywhere but here. <laughs> yeah. Anywhere but here. Like, there is no change in his mind. The man said, I'd rather be anywhere in this league. I'd be in 29 other teams than right here with this team. Well, and then it goes, shows, goes to show what we said earlier about the West versus the East, right? Because you've got Milwaukee, of course. You've got Brooklyn. Yeah. And you've got Philly. Yeah. But there's huge issues with those two teams. Yeah. And then you got Boston. After that, there's, you, know, you got Atlanta. Indiana. You got maybe the Knicks, maybe yeah. whatever. Indiana. But it's a huge drop off. Yeah. It is a huge drop off. So, it's top heavy. Unlike the West, 
the Sixers and the Nets have an opportunity. They have time to figure it out. Whether or not they're able to or not, I don't know. Yeah. But I, it's, it's, it's the, a bad look. You can't have, I mean, Doc Rivers is one of the most respected coaches in all of basketball. And for a guy to tell him that in a practice, like when you, when you can actually say those words to a guy that is your coach, a guy that is yeah. in a position to, to, you know, give you an opportunity to make you a better player – and he tells you that. In front of your teammates. In front of your teammates, in front of the reporters, everybody that was there, everybody saw it, everybody heard it. There's no coming back from that. He's got – that's a got-to-go situation. Got-to-go. That's October 20th, so we got a long way to go when it comes to the NBA. On the other side – Before we get out of here, Mike. Before we get out of here on the other side. October – is October the best month of sports? You tell me. I say yes. I say you are – probably right all four major sports are in play yep yeah you can actually talk about all four they're actually in regular season or postseason right yeah. now and, and i think for That's a lot of people cool. you know with the way that 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 our sports watching has evolved and and the idea that i'm not going to watch 162 games of baseball but what were you doing when we got here postseason baseball. baseball postseason baseball brother i'll watch it all day long postseason baseball yeah you can you, 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 know, you can make sold. the argument you know postseason baseball Postseason sports. Postseason sports, but Cause that's the same way about I'm talking basketball. about the difference between the regular season and the postseason. It just you flip a switch when it comes to baseball. Basketball too. I mean, basketball regular season. Like before you get to Christmas. Yeah. The game. Yeah. Right, yeah. Listen, listen so, to what you just said. Yeah. Point. You just. <laughs> this <laughs> week is cool, right? This yeah. week is cool, but yeah. then you get to games seven, eight Ooh. through. It's like, like November, like November eleventh. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who's watching NBA regular season basketball? <laughs> <Woo> <laughs> Toronto Raptors and versus Sacramento Kings yeah. coming oh, up next. Oh, oh, <laughs> woo! Yeah, don't you dare miss it. Oh my, NBA is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> or the flip side, that's terrible. That's terrible. Terrible, terrible. basketball. Terrible. Terrible. All right, I, I on I the other side, college football. That's coming up next on Train and Gross. Train and Gross. <laughs> Why you got to be the way you are? <laughs> Why do you have I, to be the way you are? I am well, who I am. Wow. <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, training gross. So we talk Cardinals NFL. We talk NBA, college football. It's mid-October. Yeah. College football heating up. We'll get to some of the uh, teams and stories, but we were talking before we started recording. One of our own, Spencer Rattler, Pinnacle High product. Mm. He was the starting quarterback mm. uh, for the Oklahoma Sooners. Emphasis on was. And very publicly displaced. And yeah. that's, where, that's where my question, like, I understand it, and it was the absolute right football decision. Yeah. A couple things rubbed me. One thing rubs me the wrong way. The other thing I just have to question now with college football in 2021. All right, bring it on. One is, you know, fan behavior has been t- terrible forever. But it just goes, I think, to another level when it comes to social media and some of the stuff that's out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And the, the things that Spencer Rattler has to endure now – on social media as a result of yeah. poor play. Let's call it what it is. He has not performed on the field. That's why I said I don't, I don't mind it from a football decision. But it's just ugly. You I don't know, know if it was poor play. He got outplayed. Outplayed, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that complicates this is the whole name, image, image likeness. And Spencer's got a few deals out there. He's making some money. He let everybody uh, know it. And he let everybody know it. And, you know, th- does that complicate things when – you know, it comes to decisions that are being made. Like if I'm a booster at a program, mm-hmm. and, and I, this, I'm not suggesting this is what happens with Spencer Rattler, 
but you've got a, a star quarterback that's got a big deal from a booster in, in Norman, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. or Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. or Columbus, Ohio, and then the coach says, we're not playing him anymore. Yeah. Like, this complicates things. No, it doesn't. Because he's still going to be a guy that, that is a member of the team. He's still an Oklahoma Sooner. He's still a quarterback of the Oklahoma Sooners. Mm-hmm. He's just not the starting quarterback. Which the billboard the says. Well, you're Your starting have, quarterback. Hey, you're going to have to change it up. Things change. And if anybody understands that, it would be Oklahoma, who, oh, by the way, had two Heisman Trophy winners back-to-back and then had a guy finish second. Yeah. The third. Back to back to back. So it, it, it happens fast. Well, if you commit to Oklahoma, you know what you're signing up for, hopefully. Hey, you may, you may get the NIL, but it's NFL, not for long. Well, you, you, so you've got the NIL, and the other thing you've got is the transfer portal. I mean, two, two things that, look, you know, the, the, the argument with college football was, you know, the players are controlled by the universities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these two things have given some of the, not all, but some of the control, some of the freedom back to the players. Yep. They get paid. Yep. And if they don't like the way it's going, yep. they can move. Yep. And so now the speculation is because he was dethroned, de- deplaced, outplayed. Outplayed. Does he find himself in the transfer Oh, portal? absolutely he finds himself in the transfer portal. He's a guy that was a Heisman candidate. I don't know if he was a favorite. I never really saw that in his game. But say what you want, he, yes, he was a, a, a name that was a, a favorite for the Heisman Trophy. He was a guy that was going to be considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, but – when you start talking about Spencer Rattler, the person, I don't know if the person is anybody that you're going to feel sorry for because all talk out of Oklahoma is that he isn't the best guy in the world. He isn't the best teammate. He's very much about Spencer Rattler. And we talked about his dad. His dad is a guy that isn't necessarily the best dad to be around. He's not going to win father of the year when you start talking about sports dads and, and how he's handled himself. So there isn't going to be a lot of sympathy for the Rattler family. And I think for if, if you are the coach at Oklahoma, your responsibility is to the Oklahoma Sooners program. It's right. not to one player. And your job is to win championships and win ball games. And so if there is a young quarterback that gives you the opportunity to do that, then, hey, it is what it is. I think either way, uh, Lincoln Riley had the opportunity to say, hey, I've got this young guy. He's going to come in. He's going to play a few reps here and there. We're going to get his feet wet because we know after this year, this is going to be his team. Yeah. Well, the future is now. All it took was Spencer Rattler to wet the bed against the arch rival Texas Longhorns, and you insert the young guy. He comes in, lights it up, brings you back from a win, and it's pretty much game over. But I got a simple solution for Spencer Rattler. All right, bring it. If he's going to enter the transfer portal, which I know he is because he's not going to be cool with being a backup another year, to a, a guy that beat him out in the first place, I think U of A is the perfect place for Spencer Rattler. I think, for one, there isn't the pressure to win like it is at Oklahoma, so he can reclimate his whole image. Right. He can get some of that back because he's going to have to do some damage control as far as his image is concerned. Well, that's it. That's the big picture, is it? Because yes. take U of A out of it for a minute, and I think you're onto something. The, the, the flip side of that is if you're a college coach – Yeah and you see Spencer Rattler's name in the transfer portal, Yep. and you know you need a quarterback, yep. you've got to do your due diligence. Not, not a U of A program, not sure. a team that needs a complete overhaul. I'm talking about a team that says, if we get a quarterback that can go a little bit, we can compete. Mm-hmm. You've got to do your due diligence, don't you? Yes, you have to do your due diligence, but I think if you're Arizona, he makes the most oh, sense. Yeah. Once, one, he's from Arizona, mm-hmm. so he's coming back home. 
he can re he can reclamate his image. He can he can do it over and 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 actually have some humility about himself and become a likable person. Because believe it or not, Mike, the marketability of an individual is their likability. Sure if is. you are a guy that's well liked, you're going to go much further than a guy that's perceived as a jerk. Yeah. And that's just the natural facts of it. You go to a program that doesn't have the expectations of Oklahoma, but that, that has U of A's expectation. Now, if you go and you do anything for the University of Arizona, you Literally win two or three anything. Games. If you win three, four games at the University of Arizona, yeah. you are seen as a guy that's going to be the, the, the face of change mm -hmm. with the University of Arizona's program. And if he can come all the way back, if he's just cocky enough to put this team in a position to win – well, now you start talking about his draft stock continuing to rise back to maybe close to where it was before the season started. So we'll keep an eye on that one as uh, the, the Spencer Rattler saga continues. Two, two-fold uh, way to look at your, uh, your home state team, the Texas Longhorns, man. You, you mentioned mm. the loss to Oklahoma, and they followed up with a loss, loss to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State back-to-back yeah. yeah. back weekends where yeah. they – What's the old saying? They snatched defeat from the jaws, jaws of victory. victory. Yeah. And it's not a good look for the Longhorns. No, it's not a good look at all. And and I, I know Steve Sarkeesian, a guy that uh, was my quarterback in the Hula Bowl once upon a time in, in 1997, uh, he, he's, he's had a rough go of it. I, I think realistically inside the program, they mm -hmm. knew it was going to be a tough stretch. But when you are at the University of Texas, you are such a public program. It's very hard for yeah. you to rebuild in a program that has that much name recognition. Mm -hmm. Because now, it, I think he would have loved the idea of not having to play the Red River rivalry uh, against the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. When you're a team, when you know your team doesn't really have the horses. And they played well enough to win. They actually yeah, they did. did enough things to win. But then, you know, having the expectations and, and not having the players that can live up to it, that's got to be a tough spot. I just don't know if he's going to be guaranteed a full draft or a full recruiting class in order to get it done because the last two have not been afforded a full recruiting class in order to resurrect the program. Expectations to to in Austin for me, they're way out of whack. The, the one lone bright spot for the Texas Longhorns keeping it local again is B. John Robinson, kid out of South Point High School down in Tucson. You know, he's, he's, it up, man. he's done everything he's he could do. It up. Looking at the stats right now through, uh, through seven games for the Longhorns, 924 yards, 10 touchdowns. And as you talk about Spencer Rattler falling out of the Heisman uh, Trophy conversation. He's running into it. He absolutely is. I don't know because there's some correlation to your performance and your team's performance. I don't know if a, a 500 Texas team is enough to get him into the conversation, though – the Texas Longhorn brand might help him in this case. Yeah, very few, very few players on losing teams really have a legitimate yeah. shot of winning the Heisman nowadays because one is perceived as a quarterback yeah. award anyway. Then when you're a running back and you're not on a winning team, that, that makes your chances that much bleaker. But, you know, a, a state that doesn't have bleak expectations this year, Mike, is your home state of Michigan. I mean, silver lining. I mean, the, sport, the pro sports teams may not be too bad, but you start talking about Michigan, Michigan State, they actually are doing some things thus far. Michigan, Michigan season. State, uh, and, and you know, you might as well throw in Ohio State, Penn State, even though they've each got a loss out of conference. Mm. The, the Big Ten East is loaded. Yeah. The Big Ten East is loaded. And you guys heard me pile on Iowa. And uh, thank you. It took Purdue. you a week. It took, took me a week. week. I was yeah. off by you a week. Were there. But you were thank there. you, Purdue. Yeah. You know, one of the most overrated, overhyped, I didn't see that one coming. I, really I didn't see that. I, I got to be honest. I, what I expected with Iowa was after they got Big by Ten Penn State, 
somebody's going to go into Indianapolis and, and hand it to them. Yeah. Because, you know, this is a team every year. Oh, we're disrespected. Oh, who do you play? Yeah. Who do you play? Yeah, play uh, Anyways, but, yeah, Michigan, Michigan State, they play a week from Saturday. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michi- uh, Michigan State's on a bye, so they'll be undefeated. Michigan's got Northwestern, and unless Damian Anderson's suiting up and going to wow. do a reprisal of his uh, wow. beatdown that he put on the Wolverines. Yeah. That was a long time ago. He, he tweeted something out last night. I was like, th- thanks for reminding me, D.A. Yeah. But, but he had a career one Saturday afternoon against the Michigan Wolverines. But Pat Fitzgerald's team's not very good this year. No. So I suspect that Michigan will be undefeated as well right. when they play. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. Whoever comes out of the East, if, if somebody can run the table against that gauntlet, uh, I suspect that the Big Ten will be in the conversation for the, uh, the college football play. I think they're going to cancel each other out. I think Michigan State's going to beat Michigan – I think Ohio State's going to beat Michigan, and you're not going to have. You just gave me two team. losses, man. I mean, I look. I I I I want to be optimistic for you, but when you start really just looking at it at face value, Mike, it's a tough ask for Jim Harbaugh to completely resurrect this team that has underperformed ever since he's been there. I yeah. mean, let let's just be real. No, since I, he's been there. This team has not done what they said they were doing. I'm just glad they're not going overseas on those trips anymore before the season well, starts. You've heard I mean, me talk about goodness. that, man. Like, he's done everything but <laughs> win. Everything but, everything but win. Like, you know, <laughs> you know and you, you, you come to, to expect certain things. Like, Ohio State is what Ohio State is, right? But when you're losing to Michigan State mm. and Ohio State in the same year, come yeah, on, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we – I can't remember if we said it while we were recording or not. I mean, the little brother moniker fits. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. you, you look at the, the hierarchy of football back there where most of the rivalry games, Texas-Oklahoma across the state lines, a couple other ones. But Michigan-Ohio State – Michigan-Michigan State is not the big rivalry. Yeah, no. And that's where the little brother comes from. You know, Mike, <clears throat> we try to protect a lot of the local teams because, you know, we have respect, but we, we got we to talk about this ASU team, man. Damn. Uh Hey, look, I, I've said, I, I may have said it here. I do another radio show where I know I said it. Everything they wanted to accomplish, everything they said that right they in had in front of them. Right in front of them. Like, okay, the, the loss it. to BYU, yeah, you don't mm-hmm. like it, whatever, but it doesn't do anything for the Pac-12, jo- all joking aside. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, like I said, that you know, <laughs> BYU and San Diego State are the two best teams in the Pac-12 South right now. Wow. But you had the Pac-12 in front of you. You had a runway to the Pac-12 championship game. Mm. You were two quarters away. You were two quarters away, and you were there. You were in Salt Lake City. You saw it unfold. Like, this thing, man, it turned on a dime. I've like, you walked into this 21-7 to leading, and you're like, damn, they, they owned Utah in the first half. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they had a lot of penalties in the first half, and if they didn't have those, the lead could have been bigger. Like, you felt like it was ball game and i right. almost wonder if they did in the locker room too and they came out and got punched in the mouth mm. and everything went the other direction i've never seen i've watched a ridiculous amount of football in my life i've never seen a game turn so quickly in the same game like so dramatically i mean yeah. they gave up 28 points in the second half unanswered and you're talking about a defense that in second halves to that point mm-hmm. had only given up 26 points on the season mm-hmm. in the second half going mm-hmm. into that game. Mm-hmm. They gave up 28 second half points to that team who they clearly were again more talented than on the field. And that it comes down to in my opinion coaching. They looked befuddled they, in the second just, half. It just it just didn't look No answers. Right, it, and it was yeah, it, it, there's no words to really explain it. Uh, it was just incredibly disappointing. And I'll tell you this, and I'll, I guess I can ask you this, B-Train. Uh-huh. Were you ever on a team that was penalty-ridden? Like you just every week shot yourself in the foot by penalties? 
Because what everybody always talks about is how that's not something you can fix midseason. Yep. That's something that you put in yep. early in camp, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's their biggest issue right now. They had 12 more this past week in, in Utah. Like, to shoot themselves in the foot constantly. And I don't know if that's something you can fix right now. I remember early on, uh, I think 2005, 2006, here with the Cardinals, we were pretty, you know, we, we had a lot of injuries mm-hmm. or a lot of penalties, I should say. And we were a decent football team. We weren't a great football team. We weren't having aspirations of winning a Super Bowl or anything. But I felt like w- there was always that key penalty. Like, we didn't have a bunch of penalties. I don't know if we ever really had consistent double-digit penalties, but we always had those damn timely penalties. Right. Where when you've got something going on offense and then you get a holding call, it totally derails it. Or you've got a great three and out, but somebody gets called for defensive holding or illegal use of the hands, an automatic right. first down, and then you can't stop a nosebleed. Mm-hmm. So it, all it takes is one thing, it, it, one thing to go wrong, and it can derail an entire – side of the ball and and it, it just it just makes everything go bad and I think unfortunately the Arizona State Sunday they are right now victim of that yeah. yeah the good news is I went out and looked while you guys were talking they don't have BYU on the schedule anytime in the future no. and then and so you just have to worry about trips to Utah every other year now yeah so they're right now ASU has to scoreboard watch uh for instance ASU's, you know? on, ASU's on a bye this week uh so you're watching Oregon State you need Utah to lose two games and you got to run the table and that's where you could have been you were if in the driver's you just seat. closed out the second half, you'd be in a position where you would have to lose two games and Utah would have to run the table. And Utah still has Oregon. Yep. Utah still has UCLA. Mm-hmm. Utah has Oregon State, who's been playing better football as of, as of late. Yep. Uh, so there's a chance. But had you flipped it, had you been in that position, and then you were asking Utah to run the table, yep. it basically would have you, – you could have locked up the South on Saturday and, and you just – threw up all over yourself. You know, the bad thing about this is collectively the Pac-12 is looking at this like, man, this isn't good because they're no. going to find themselves on the outside looking oh, they're out yeah. of the playoffs. Well, yeah. we talked about this too. Like, joking aside, BYU, okay, you take the loss to BYU. If you're ASU, you're like, please run the table. Yeah. Please run the table, BYU. Yeah. And they've lost back-to-back games. They lost to Boise, lost to Baylor, mm. right? Mm. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the resume – if you will, the, what they look at. Nobody has a resume. There's nobody, nobody. sexy. There's nobody sexy in the in the Pac-12, save for Oregon. If Oregon can run the table now, do, 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 does a win at Ohio State outweigh the Stanford loss? No, because Ohio State's got that ill. So I, there you go. I mean, I I just I, I really I, unfortunately the way that it's panning out, I think you're going to see a two SEC team playoff where you got Georgia. And Alabama, because I think Alabama's going to beat Georgia, Georgia in the SEC championship game, and I think both of them are going to get in. Georgia, Alabama, Cincinnati, and somebody else. And then you got three conferences fighting for one spot. Oklahoma? I honestly believe, I, I, you know, without you raining on my parade, if somebody runs the table in the East in the Big Ten, I think that's – that's a t- that's one of your four. But who do you who do you do you do you have? Okay, I don't know if anybody's constituted you're, you're, to do it. You're a Michigan fan. Do you today? October twentieth. Do you believe that they're going to go, go no, undefeated? No, no. I'm okay. I, I'm like I'm like that. You know, I put my hand on that hot stove already, so yeah. I'm not doing that again. Okay. You know, but if you are a fan of the 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 pair or, or the uh, variety pack mm-hmm. for the college football playoffs, yep. you want Michigan or Michigan State to run the table because they're both undefeated. Yep. Like if one of them runs the table, that's a that's a clear path into the playoffs. Or Ohio State. Well, they already have the loss. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a if clean, they went out. 
True, but right now Michigan and Michigan State are your best options because they got a clean slate right now. Michigan and Michigan State have the, are, are your best options, but whether or not the, they're capable of doing it, that's a different conversation. The playoff committee of the three would want Ohio State still. Ah, they're still. I the think an undefeated pick. Big Ten team. We'll see. Okay. I mean, you got to get there, to your point. Yeah. There, there's a lot of games to be played. Somebody's got to play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship. Real quickly, before we get out of here, it's mid-October, mm. and there's two coaching vacancies now in big-time college football. You've got USC, which we knew was open, yep. and now LSU is open. Don't forget Washington State. <laughs> I forgot about Washington. A, I have a hard time calling Washington State big time. <laughs> uh, but B, yeah, Washington State's open too. Yeah. Uh, but but – Who's the, the bigger draw? The premier names, USC and LSU. I think LSU is a better, team, a, a better deal. It's a, it's, it's a better gig. You've got better athletes. You've got better competition. You've got better athletes to choose from. You're not fighting with, with California, all the other teams that are constantly plucking from the state of California to get the same recruits. Like, those guys are fighting tooth and nail. There's like eight teams fighting for the same guy, tooth and nail, every single Which year. Which USC, when they were right, got – all of five percent of those. All wins. of them. They got ninety-five. All I'd go ninety-eight. They right, got ninety-eight percent of. Them. And, and I go back to it. And I, I know I sound like a broken record. I go back to the Bijan Robinson case. Ten years ago, Bijan Robinson is a USC Trojan. Yeah. And he's not. A, he's not a California product. No. But when he sits at the table at South Point High School doing the hat thing, yeah. And he picks up the USC hat and says, "This is my best chance to the NFL." Yeah. There's nobody in the Pac-12 that fits that bill right now. So I think the upside, the, the runway that you have at, Pac, at USC, for me, is better. Because you're in the, you know, LSU. You saw how quickly you fall off in the SEC, and you're one of many over there. If, you, if USC gets it right, they own the West Coast. Did, they own it. I feel like Ed Orgeron did something shady. He did. Oh, he did. Because, I mean, oh, he did. Years, it's out there. you're a year and a half removed from a national championship. Oh, he was enjoying the fruits of his labor, literally and figuratively. Wow. With, with one of the higher-ups wives, apparently, making yeah. comments to her. Wow. Yeah. At, like, a gas station or something, and he hollers out the window at a girl in, like, workout attire and asks her if we can work out together. When she says, no, I'm married and pregnant, I think she said, he goes, is that a problem? And it turns out it was one of the wives. It was the wife of one of the one of the people in the higher ups of the of the institution. Yeah. Oh, he's not representing the office well at all. And no. it's not like you can mistake his voice when he's yelling out the right. window. <laughs> it was some guy that looked like the LSU coach, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. No, it was the LSU. Can we coach work out together? <laughs> Go Tigers! On <laughs> 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 apparently like bring, bringing women to practice, and he was enjoying the fruits of his labor. Yeah. And when he when they, you can tell like. You know, when guys get fired, they're like, oh, I, I didn't get my chance. He's like, yeah, you know what? It's probably, <laughs> probably the right decision. I probably deserve this. <laughs> Go Tigers. Take the money and run. <laughs> can, I get the, can I get the company issued oh, hot tub man. to go? Yeah. Do, I, do I keep the ring? Do I keep the ring? Okay, go Tigers. Can we put the hot tub in my place? <laughs> Take it out of the office, put it in my place? But, I, but in all seriousness, LSU today is still a better option than USC. 100%. I would say today it is, but I'm saying the potential at USC – because you've hit it at LSU, and you're still second fiddle to a couple of schools in your own conference. If you get USC right, and it takes somebody that understands that, you own the West Coast. You're even more of a high-profile program than Oregon. But if you're LSU, Mike, you can not only get your region, which is Louisiana, which has pretty good football. Yeah. You can go get Texas guys. You, I know, can, I, look. you can get Mississippi guys. You can get that whole region as yeah. well. You can sneak – couple Florida guys out of there, their region, because LSU is a name brand, and they've got a more recent history of success than USC. We know USC had that run. With, and, with you need, and if you're USC, you, you, you need to own 
Do you, you need to play. own California. You need to own the, the, the L.A. Basin. You but they don't. It. And that's the problem right now. That is the absolute problem. And it's going to take a special kind of coach to fix it because yeah. they've let it go so far south. Mm. And you a know. special athletic director, too. Well, I think they've got it. They got, they, they've got that now. I you think, think so? He's been there, done that in the Pac-12. All right. Yeah. And, you know, he did what guys – got to do it at USC, though. Well, but and he did what they should have done by making a decision – on, on the coach, like wh- whether or not yeah. you think firing him week two was the right thing or I mean, three, whatever hey, it was. Week one, or it was week two. Yeah. Come on. All right, on the other side, that's what you tune in for. Yeah. You got pump the brakes and dad jokes. That's coming up next on Training Gross. All righty. All right, that's what you tune in for. Training Gross, pump the brakes yeah. and dad jokes. Mm. There's the sound. All right, Sean Crespin, the uh, the crack research staff out back. Yeah. Came in during the last segment, handed you the envelope with yep. the uh, the topics yep. for this week's Pump the Brakes. Here it is. Uh, the Suns have the fourth best odds to win the NBA title, according to the wise guys in Vegas. They're plus 1,500 to win the title in Vegas. Pump the Brakes or not, the Suns are the fourth best team in the West. Pump the Brakes. I hate to do it, but when you start talking about health, if they are, if all teams are healthy, I think they fit somewhere between five and six. Really? Yeah. Because I still, you, you look at the Clippers, say what you want about that team and, and that organization as a whole, mm-hmm. their roster is better than Phoenix's roster. The Lakers are better than Phoenix's roster. I'd even go the Denver Nuggets, who, by the way, have the reigning MVP, who I, I don't know who's been the most disrespected MVP in NBA history, but it's got to be the Joker because nobody, and I mean nobody, has talked about the Joker. Well, he got swept and done wrong in the postseason. I understand he didn't have his running mates with him, but, you know. It's, it's hard to stand out there by yourself. Kevin Durant couldn't deliver it by himself, right? True. So it's not about how great the team is or the individual is how great the team is. And I just look at Chris Paul and those guys. They caught lightning in the bottle. They caught teams with some injuries with the Lakers and the Clippers. They, they, they caught them when they were down. I got to say, they're probably fifth best, fifth, maybe sixth best in the Western Conference. I, I'd, I'd put them in that in that four to six range, so I don't know. What am I doing? Is that like I said the Suns are the fourth best team in the West. Pump the brakes or not? Pump the brakes. All right. yeah, the other thing, to your point about the West, like we just in this podcast alone, we mentioned two guys yeah. that will impact where they finish. If, if Denver gets Jamal Murray back, yeah. and if the Golden State Warriors, who were not Clay in the Thompson. conversation a yeah. year ago, yeah. get Clay Thompson back, that's tough. The other thing I didn't that, even say Golden State. Right? And that's the other thing that the Suns had last year was a remarkable uh, amount of luck. Because when you know, you're talking about all these injuries. Stayed healthy. They were relatively healthy. I yes. know Chris Paul dealt with some stuff during the playoff run. At the end. At the end. But I mean, this was a relatively healthy, a relatively yeah. fortunate team. Yeah. So the question is, can you stay healthy? And if you can't, how do you deal with that adversity? And so, you know, there's well, a lot also, of unknowns. And now you're the hunted not the hunter. Everybody, people, people want to come. Every you know time I mean? you come into a building, yeah. you are the defending Western yeah. Conference champion. I can't believe I forgot about Golden State. But yeah, Golden State. They're going to be there too. When they get Klay Thompson back, my goodness. I'm going to combine these two because they kind of go together. All right. Uh, so I'm going to combine them and make them one question. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson mm. will be traded this week, mm-hmm. and Tua, Tua Tagovailoa is not a franchise quarterback. Um. I would say yes to both of those. Don't pump the brakes. Don't pump. I, I think it happens. I think the deal in Miami happens. I think Brian Flores has had enough. Uh, that look on his face in London pretty much said it all. Yeah. He knows that right now his team 
just doesn't have that guy to get them over the hump. They, yep. they're, they're a team that's got some talent now. They're yeah. not a team that's, that's bare. Last year they were bare. a 10-win team. The cupboard is not bare, so for them to be one and five at this point in the season and, and giving Jacksonville their first win, that was so bad. That's so bad, and that I think goes to some deep, deeper issues than you can see on the surface. Yeah, I, I, I and I would agree. And so we're, 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 we're all agreeing. Deshaun Watson gets traded. It happens. Oh, yeah. I mean, because who is not the guy? And you, you know that Deshaun Watson. I don't know if he gets to play right away because I don't know what that 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 means being on the the, the list right now. Are they going to? Uh, petition to take him off the list or do, do all of the, the legal issues need to be cleared up. I don't know. I I, I don't know what the the, the the details of that are, but I know Deshaun Watson on the Miami Dolphins is a big threat to the rest of that AFC East. It, it looks a lot different yeah. with Deshaun Watson there because in Houston, his time is done. We've known that yeah. for a long time, but if you put Deshaun Watson and what he brings to the table to that young talent in Miami, they have a much different outcome than they have. And before. these questions are nicely done combining because they're inextricably they inextricably linked, right? Yeah. Because yes. you know, if you think the two is the guy, you don't even think because like this is this is a high risk, high reward trade if you make the the deal with the Texans because of the questions that are still unanswered. They they might be working them out behind the scenes, and sure. we might not know all the answers. Sure. And I'm sure the Dolphins' legal team is is working hard on that right no now. Doubt. But what we know right now, it's a high risk, high reward proposition mm -hmm. potentially. Yeah. And you don't make that deal if you think two is your guy. Well, right? I mean, you don't even consider this deal. This isn't even public right. if, if two yeah, is your exactly. guy. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And right now there's a rumor. Again, we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, there's rumors coming out of Houston that it could be a three-team deal that sends Tua to Washington and uh, Deshaun to Miami. I think this And then is, how man. does Washington get involved? So, who knows what it'll be. And it'll also be interesting to see, because of all the overhanging issues, what the price tag is for a Deshaun Watson? Three-team deal. That's like that's like NBA style, man. Like the NFL just yeah. making deals. Yeah. So uh, by the way, the trade deadline in the National the Football League November. is November second. Yeah. Wow. So this will take care of itself yeah. in the next two. I weeks. I believe one o'clock local time here. Yep. Wow. We'll find out. Uh, so the this one's very straightforward. The Arizona Cardinals are the best team in the NFC. Pump the brakes or not? Do not pump the brakes. They are the best team. They've beaten the teams they need to beat. They beat the Rams. They've beaten the the 49ers. They, they're two and zero in their division. Beat the Browns. They beat the Browns, who was considered a Super beat Bowl team. Beat the breaks off the Browns. Beat the breaks beat off the, of them. Beat the, yeah, physically beat them. Yeah, I mean they, they didn't pump the breaks at all against the Browns. But I, I just look at this team and, and right now, October 20th, they are undefeated and their style, the the way that they've won, has been impressive enough to call them the best team. Now, does that mean that's by a far margin? Absolutely no, not, no. because there are some four, there are some five and one teams clicking at their heels, i.e. the Green Bay Packers, who we talked about earlier in the podcast. Uh, uh, there are some very good five and one teams clicking at their heels, yeah. and uh, I, I I would agree. They Right now, I'm a big proponent of the saying, you are what your record says you are, and the record says you're the best team in the NFC. You're the only undefeated team in the league. Gary Gramling of Sports Illustrated just told me they're the seventh best team in the NFC. Yeah, some Football. of these power rankings can just – it, to, click, me, to me, that's clickbait, though. It's all it is. It's clickbait. It's, it's all it is. You, you, or you're just telling me you don't watch the Cardinals without telling me you don't watch the Cardinals. Yep. Because there's no way you could wa actually watch this team play yep. and think of them as anything outside of a top three team. I mean, just look at the game last week 
with everything they didn't have on the field, and they still physically yeah. dominated. I know there were some people after the game saying, just wait until we get our Pro Bowl center, Pro Bowl defensive end, now Pro Bowl tight end, and our head coach back. Think of how good we can be then. Just think about it, and, and you're exactly right. Tell me you don't watch the Cardinals by saying. Yeah. In many ways, this smells a little bit like the 2020 edition oh, of the Arizona Cardinals. It doesn't even remotely have – I mean, everything about this team is different than yeah. the 2020 version. Yep. Uh, last one. Now, you got me thinking. I, I kind of created this one off of something you said earlier, B-Train, when you said uh, that October might – is it the best sports month? I'm sorry. Yeah, you might be right. So I wanted to ask, and I'm going to add mine, pump the brakes or not, the best month overall when you combine sports, life, holidays – is November. Pump the brakes. Okay, what is better? I'm going to go with January. Okay. January. January. Okay, hear me out now. Mm -hmm. We're talking about New Year, new expectations. We're talking about the basketball season heating up. Now you're starting to actually pay attention because the teams are actually playing hard. Yeah, NFL playoffs. NFL playoffs. College playoffs. College playoffs. All right. We're talking, you, you got the, the hockey season is in full swing. Now teams Man. are starting to, wait, well, hold on now. <laughs> Mike, you can't be. You can't no, that be was him. That was me. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was him, not me. I was just about to say, you, no, that you was can't be him. thumbing. No, that was I got him. you. They're thumbing, you know, you, you got no, hockey no. Is, is, is in full swing. And, yeah. and, and I just feel like even with the college sports mixed in there, then you got college basketball college starting to come around. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, January is January's not years. bad. Well, not from bad. a sports standpoint, it's hard to disagree with that. But you know, Sean's got me thinking, and I, I I am a fan of the fall months. Can I give you why? Can I give you why I, I landed on November? Yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's, it's Thanksgiving. It is the best holiday. Enough said. Uh, the weather it's here in Arizona. The weather here in Arizona is about as good as it gets yeah. in November, yeah. right? Uh, and then the sports is pretty good too, right? You got the NFL season really getting going. Uh, it's it, you're heading down that uh, yeah. this this stretch in college football. It's pretty good. You get the NBA going. Mm -hmm. uh, so November, I landed on November as the best month of the calendar year. So I I, I, I take it from the you know the sixty thousand foot view. Yeah. You know what's my favorite season? Fall is the, my favorite season okay. of the year, right? Okay. And then the Arizona part, you're absolutely right. The last couple of weeks have been glorious yes. in Arizona. Wait till November. Oh, it gets even better. Um, and then the, the holidays coming up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, st I'm gonna stay with October. I'm so gonna you're stay the with October. I'm gonna pump the brakes on you. All right, you're staying. But October. I'm right there with you. I'm November right, I'm, is. Well, I'm, I'm on the cusp of it. Okay. But so part of it is me growing up. You know, as a kid, like growing up, I hated winters in Michigan, and I still, I haven't lived right. there for a hundred years because of it. January and February <laughs> in Michigan, right? Downright depressing. And Absolutely. So there's nothing I can do. No amount of hockey See, we or basketball that. is gonna get me. Texas guy and an Arizona guy. Yeah. Right? Eight weeks. No, it was brutal. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm a, and having lived here for a while, the, yeah. the temperatures are turning. Uh -huh. High school football, uh, all of it. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm going I'm October. Make me October. Okay. Uh, just don't give me any pumpkin spice latte. That's Remember, I said October is the he best. He did. He, he so originally. So I'm agreeing with you. So I, all I said, you asked me the the second best yeah. or another one. I was like month overall. Yeah, month overall. But you, yeah, you threw in everything else. Yeah. See, to me, when you got New Year's Day and then you got bowl games. You know, bowl games. Depending on, you know, the, the matchups and, and, and where they are that year. Yeah. What? I'm, I'm going fall. I can't do January because it's the whole month. Now, where do we land on March? March is a pretty good month. month I was born, so it's pretty damn good. Weather's great. You got spring training baseball here in the Valley. That's no, not real baseball. You, it's not, but it's spring training baseball. No. And then you've got – because you, you ain't NCAA going – NCAA tournament. Yeah, the NCAA tournament. Because you're not going to spring training baseball for the sports. 
for the drink. You're going for everything else. Beat out the, the sun, the crowd. the crowd, the drinks, everything. March is pretty good, too. March was almost the one I went with before I landed on Thanksgiving Trump's all. No, October is, is the best. Hands no, down. October. Not even close. October. So you're not going January? January is the overall month. But as far as just sports and then you throw in everything else that goes in yeah. with it. Trick or treat. Because right. now. Mm, Halloween's get, pretty good, too. No, Halloween, no. It's you useless. Make let my kids go to somebody else's house and beg <laughs> for candy. Yeah. Come no, on. No. It's never going to happen. <laughs> All right. Never going to happen. Get people on my front porch begging me for food. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, Halloween. Come on. All right. Every week we do it. Yep. The All, right. All right, here we go. Sean Crespin stands up. This is <laughs> Sean Crespin well, stands. I gotta get my buttons. <laughs> yeah. So you know you no stood matter, up. Shut no up. matter what, you stood up. No matter yeah. what, B Train's gonna get one of these with his dad joke. <laughs> All right. Now, if it's you a stood quality, up. if it's a quality dad joke, <laughs> we laugh at it. Yeah. If it's above and beyond. This is one you're going to tell all your friends. You're probably going to put it on the social media outlets and everything. That, and then you get a standing ovation. But there's always that chance where it doesn't land. The delivery is not good. Let me tell you, you have something. to hit him with that. There is no chance. There is no chance. I don't care. You bring your bring your worst joke ever. He will not hit that. I will hit you that scared button. him so right. bad. Right. I did not. All right. all right, here we go. Everybody right. thinks it's a kid. Come here we on. Go. So here we go. So no pressure, but here we go. Mm-hmm. I have a fear of speed bumps, but I'm slowly getting over it. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. That's a good joke. That was good. I like that one. That was a good joke. <laughs> you weren't going to hit the green button regardless, though. It didn't deserve the green button. That's no, a good but joke. regardless. <laughs> that was a good joke. Hey. That's because I deliver, brother. Yeah. I deliver. Just call me UPS. You Next week, I you control the buttons. No, no, it's your job, man. <laughs> but I knew. As soon as you were done with Pump the Brakes, you stood up. I don't know why I do that. It's just a habit. You now. know why you do no, it. Honestly, God, you can I hit have the no door idea. faster because <laughs> he's got to go around the table and get around me. <laughs> you know I come around that corner, too. You yeah, know what he, he can bend. <laughs> Terry Tate. <laughs> wow, Terry Tate. Wow. That's good. Got to yeah. bring Reeboks back. Mm-hmm. We need some more Terry Tate. We need Terry Tate in our hey, lives. Terry, right where, where is Terry Tate? Who knows? Well, Reeboks, you know. Yeah. All right. Shaq's, Shaq's got it rehiring. Yeah. You know, he bought Reebok out. Did he really? Yeah, he bought Reebok. My man Shaq. Shaq's we need to do a segment on Shaq things. next time. Man, he has got more endorsements. Man, man, never says And anything. you told me this. I didn't realize it. Like, Shaq will only endorse things. He uses? That people, no, that people, people can, can afford. afford. Like, you won't oh. ever see him do Rolex. He made a promise to his dad that he would never buy or he would never promote things that were expensive, like Lamborghinis and all that kind of stuff. I he did not know that. No Rolex. Like, think about it. He does General. Yeah. Icy Hot. Yeah. Papa uh, John's. Buicks, Papa John's. Yeah, he's in some car he can't even fit in. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're always affordable stuff. Yeah. And, Interesting. you know, he, he made that promise to his dad, uh, his late dad, that he would never, you know, be that bougie dude. No idea. That's awesome. Good yeah. for him. There we go. That's I mean, it, do it just made me love him even more. Yeah. This edition of Train and Gross. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at Train and Gross. We'll see you next time. We'll holla. <laughs> well done.